Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. The Calgary Flames did drop the Battle of Alberta in a 3-2 loss, but we have to talk about it and some more tweaks and possible improvements that need to be made before these two teams meet again on today's episode of Locked on Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to or welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are going to recap the 3-2 loss to the Edmonton Oilers and kind of talk about Markstrom and also parts of the offense. But before we do dive into that, please remember to subscribe to Locked On Flames wherever you get your podcasts. We are available on every podcasting platform and of course on YouTube as well. So thanks for hanging out with us wherever you're tuning in. I think we should just jump right into it because we have a lot to get into. My takeaways from the first period start off on a very high note. I will say that things started off on a very positive note for the Flames. The pace of play was great. The shot attempts, the quality of shots, I thought the goaltending looked great. I absolutely loved what we were seeing from the Flames. Uh, main, I would say probably their best line right now in Kadri, Mangiapani, and Dubé. I thought that that was like the best line that they put out there all night. I thought that Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson both looked fantastic, but overall, I think the best player of the first period was Tyler Toffoli. He was going out there. He, he truly, uh, he was owed a goal. I think that he was taking very high quality shots. I thought that one was going to sneak by Stuart uh, Skinner. I thought that, you know, he, he wasn't afraid to shoot the puck. And Jonathan Huberto is, you know, more of a passer. So it makes sense why Toffoli had the puck on his stick as often as he did. Speaking of Huberto, (laughs) at one point, it looked like he got, quote unquote, injured, like tangled up a little bit in front of the net. I didn't see it like that. I thought that it was just like a weird, not a weird collision, but like, I don't know, I watched a replay of it, and it looked like his ankle maybe rolled. But then he missed part of the first period. And when Daryl Sutter was asked about it, turns out he had to go number two. So thank you so much, Daryl Sutter, for providing me with a solid belly laugh today. But in all seriousness, I do think that Huberto, being the kind of player that he is, has given Tyler Toffoli more of the chance to shoot and to generate, uh, obviously, more scoring chances for himself. But what I think we really need to talk about here is the fact that the Flames were able to kill off two penalties successfully, obviously. I, (laughs) 
I don't know. I feel like when you give the Oilers a uh, man advantage, you're just kind of setting yourself up to fail there. But no, not at all. It turns out that the Flames penalty kill uh, could be successful. And I, I loved what we saw. They were able to obviously limit the chances the, the Oilers had to score. And unfortunately, a power play go- goal did come later in the game. But that, you know what? As long as they were successful a few times, I will take it. It's all right. The power play needs some work, but that's all right. And, of course, it was Jacob Markstrom that also stood out to me. He, people are placing an exorbitant amount of blame on Markstrom, but I think that we need to uh, give him credit where credit is due. I really liked what we saw. There was one goal kind of towards the middle of the first period where he like threw himself on top of the puck. And I think that that really did save him uh, (laughs) in terms of, you know, not being squared up uh, for, you know, uh, a rebound or, um, you know, one of like an unlucky bounce or a lucky bounce for the Oilers. So it, uh, it's plays like that that really stand out, and you you have to give him credit, even if, you know, you want to say that he didn't make enough saves. And we're going to talk more about him later. We are, I promise. But I, I just want to say that his first period was uh, – first period performance was an absolute standout performance. And it is the former Flame – And my friend on LinkedIn, you're not friends on LinkedIn, you're what, it's connections? My connection on LinkedIn, Derek Ryan, slashed Nazem Kadri and sent the Flames to the power play. And this happened, like, right at the end of the first period, so the Flames were able to start on the power play. Spoiler alert. There was no power play goal for the Flames. But we are going to talk about Michael Backlund's goal uh, coming up here next in just a minute. But I do just want to take a minute to talk about our friends at Bet Online. As always, please remember to gamble responsibly, and uh, there's resources out there for you if you need help. Bet Online is your number one resource for all of your sports betting needs. You can place bets on the World Series. You can place bets on the NHL. You can place bets on the NBA season that is just starting. And heck, why not throw in some Super Bowl odds? You never know. So you can learn more about Bet Online at betonline.net and find all the latest odds, news, and scores at your fingertips on the mobile device or on your computer. And uh, yes, bet online where the game starts. And I appreciate you all for checking out Locked On Flames. You're an absolute uh, blessing, a little angel, if you will. <laughs> so thank you so much. And remember to follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. The second and third period was obviously where things kind of picked up and unraveled. Michael Backlund scored a shorthanded goal for the Flames, which obviously the Flames will take. Like, there's no, like, I'm not going to argue about who scores a shorty there, but 
I, I don't think I would expect it to be Backlund. And that's not a knock on him. I don't know. I just feel like shorties usually come from, you know, like a highly skilled player. But, hey, Michael Backlund is having himself one heck of a season. And, of course, Nick said it on Friday. I And I just kept thinking about this over and over and over again during the game. The Flames needed to limit the penalties that they took. Otherwise, the Oilers were going to walk all over them. Thankfully, it was just one power play goal from Zach Hyman. But there, the uh, Oilers had four opportunities. And that's about four too many. I guess, you know what, I'll, I'll say three too many. Because you know what, sometimes you have, you just, a minor penalty is, I don't want to say needed, but it almost feels necessary, especially in a battle of Alberta. But I do think that <laughs> it's just wild that it only, that it took three penalties, for, like for sorry, I guess three power plays for the Oilers to score a power play goal. Um they're power play merchants. You know Connor McDavid eats that up. So, I don't know. Maybe their special teams needs to have a special team-centric practice. Just kidding. Please don't do that. The Flames don't need to be berated anymore. And I have never, ever in my life said a horrible or a negative thing about Brett Ritchie. I would never. You know, I think that Brett Ritchie has found himself again in this uh, Daryl Sutter system. And it's great to see for him. Uh, he had the go-ahead goal for the Flames this during the second period. And I feel like the second period, the middle frame, is usually really, really, really good or just straight up horrible for the Flames. It doesn't feel like there's any middle ground they gave up two goals, and obviously at that point, you just you can't you can't win them all. But I don't know. I feel like two goals in twenty minutes is not that great. And of course, the goals came from McDavid and Hyman. And I'm starting to think that Zach Hyman kind of owns the Flames. I think he might, and I. I want the Flames to do this thing where they play the full 60 minutes. That's it. You know, get back to the basics in terms of that. I think things need to kind of be roped in a little bit. I don't think that this team is necessarily as fancy with the tricks and sticks and shooting the puck through the middle of your legs uh, necessarily as they were last year. I don't think that they're heavily focused on that, but I do think that um, the fundamentals tend to get lost a little bit and they just, they need to play smarter hockey. They have to play smarter hockey. If they want to win, if you want to win games, you, you, you have to make the, the Oilers work for it and you have to make, them truly just tire them out, make them uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, but make them think to themselves, oh my God, I really got to go down there again. Kind of like you do when you have to walk down to the printer to make a copy of something 
at the office, right? Like that's what that's comparable to. But I just, I expected more out of the Flames. I feel like they did fall apart a little bit. And they even said it themselves that they weren't playing their best and they know that they can do better. But talk is cheap. Go out there and prove it to us. You know, I think that's kind of a matter of um, just common sense is making your opponent work for it. And I really, I thought that, you know, obviously it was a hard fought game. Flames fell apart a little bit, but do they really have to do this thing where they go out there and make excuses for themselves? No, they don't. They don't have to do that. But Again, I think being like holding themselves accountable is important as well. I am certainly interested to see how their next practice ahead of uh, Seattle goes. This is one of those games where you cannot expect to win because if you expect to win, then you're going to lose. You can't take your foot off the brake in terms of, you know, expecting less. You have to go out there and, you know, play the full 60 minutes as the 2022-23 Flames. Um, We're going to talk more about that next because I think that there is still something missing for the Flames. And I don't necessarily think it's goaltending. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Flames. And make sure that you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. The Flames outshot the Oilers 42 to 26. Yeah. 42 to 26. There are no excuses for this loss. You can't look at me and say, oh yeah, this is because of, you know, goaltending, or this is because of this one specific play where it fell apart. No, I think that it comes down to offense. And yes, it is great, absolutely great to see them taking every shot that they get. But let's talk about the quality of shots. Just because you're registering all those shots doesn't mean that they're good quality, like high danger shots or anything like that. It It's just a shot. <laughs> and I, I don't think I need to sit here and say Brett Ritchie having two goals should be a concern. Because if you look at the rest of the Flames roster, I'm not entirely sure that I am buying it. I, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm buying it. But Mikel Backlund, or sorry, yeah, Mikel Backlund has three goals right now. Um, Nazem Kadri is the only flame that has more goals than Brett Ritchie. And yeah, that's going to be concerning to me. Uh, Elias Lindholm only has, uh, I believe, one or two, two goals so far. So he has the same amount. And then, of course, you know, uh, Dylan Dubé is, I believe, is still looking for his first no, he scored the first, he scored one already. I'm sorry, but you know, you need players like if you're going to have Luch skating on the top line while Huberto is out, you know, taking a crap, then he needs to be able to produce and he's not doing that. And the same thing goes with the guys that you do have um that you look 
towards four-year scoring. Blake Coleman, Andrew Mangiapane. I'm not even going to sit here and say Kadri because Kadri doesn't. Tyler Toffoli. Trevor Lewis, I don't really count you, but Rasmus Anderson. Michael Stone. Ha- Michael Stone has two goals this season as well. And if you have the same amount of goals as Brett Ritchie and Michael Stone, then I think we need to start looking at things and maybe switching things up a little bit. I do want to say that it is very frustrating to watch people just constantly dog on Jacob Markstrom when he is out there saving the team's butts against Pittsburgh and the Hurricanes. I I am very surprised that he didn't play as well as he did uh, or didn't play better than he did against the Oilers with an 885 save percentage. That is god-awful. And Stuart Skinner just looked like Jacob Markstrom out there. He looked like the better goalie. And I I think that we need to look at that and examine why. What is going on there? And it doesn't make sense for me to sit here and say, well, actually, Dan Vladar should be starting all these games because the second Dan Vladar starts to slip, y'all are going to flip the script and say, oh, well, it should be Markstrom. Why are we paying him $6 million if he can't even start against the Oilers? We just need to ride this out again. It is still early in the season. I, I'm i not worried. You know, the Flames finished up their first calendar month of hockey last night and are still looking great. So I would just keep riding this out, work out the kinks along the way, and hopefully the offense can get something else going because, you know, I don't – like these one goal games. I want to see something a little bit more and something that is separating them from their opponents. I do. That's, I think that's as simple as that, but we have plenty more to talk about here on Locked on Flames. And uh, this week we're going to take a look through the division and kind of do a one month check-in and see where the rest of the Pacific is at. And I am obviously looking forward to talking uh, Seattle Kraken with Erica Ayala of Locked On Kraken. So we'll have a pregame primer for that. And until then, I will talk to you next time. Have a good one.